0: Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, and independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Cat Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-hosts, Nadia Oxford and Eric Van Allen. Hi Kat, hello, uh, hello. I thought you weren't going to come back. I thought you were going to be a pirate forever. I was mm-hmm. gone forever. I'm not coming back. But no, actually, here I am. We're reunited, reunited at last. My old pals, the trio is back on its quest to talk about all of the RPGs. The three amigos. Or something? Did you
1: time that drop to work like that? That was that was freaky. The way it just dropped like that. What do you mean? Well, yeah, I know it's not going to sound like this in the podcast, but the way it dropped out right when you're like to talk about RPGs, I was like, that was really dramatic. That was well done. (laughs)
0: Nicely (laughs) done, y'all. I'm a I'm a pro. I I work for ign.com, as Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm on multiple podcasts. I've I've picked up a lot of skills. Working for Uncle Ziff here, so here I am. <laughs> yes, welcome everybody to another episode of Acts of the Blood God. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff this week, including Pokemon Gen Nine. It's official, it's happening. We got three new starters to argue over. I think this is like the third or fourth Gen that has been announced since uh, the release of this podcast. You can go back and listen to the old ones; it's really oh great. God. I'm sure we'll be hitting all the same notes. We'll also be talking about Triangle Strategy reviews, Steam Deck reviews, and we'll be doing all of our usual segments, including the Top 25 RPG remake and Nani's Nostalgia Pit and all of that fun stuff. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy the show, can I recommend that you go and leave us a review on the podcast of your choice? It brightens our day and also increases the visibility of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore capot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford, and Eric is at moosey S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We've got a lot of stuff happening right now with Axe of the Blood God. We kicked off RPG March Madness again. We were talking about that on the pre-show uh, earlier. We've got 64 heroes and villains, now down to 32. And the round of 32 voting is happening over the weekend. We'll be ending just as this podcast goes up, and then we'll be going into the Sweet 16. Yes, mm-hmm. Sweet 16. Very excited. We've had we've got some very juicy matchups this week, including uh, Harrier Dubois versus Welkin. Welkin upsets Sora. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Arc.
1: Just dumping Sora from Kingdom Hearts right out of there. You know, Welkin came through and said, World War II JRPG beats the power <laughs> of friendship.
0: Can I just say how proud I am of our community for, for doing that? And resoundingly, too. It's pretty amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. It was it, it was a significant upset. Yes.
0: I, yeah. Sora got his ass kicked. Hey, Welkin's great. Welkin is a great protagonist. I agree.
1: It was the Pantheon voting block. It was Pantheon revenge for it not getting through. So Mm -hmm. the the Valkyria Chronicles sickos rose up and said, Welkin (laughs) will receive recognition this day. (laughs)
0: And he did. If you are a patron for the podcast, you can subscribe for just $1 and you can go over to the discord and access the voting over there and the announcements. we have a whole channel to discuss all the voting and everything. It's going to be happening all month. It's going to be a lot of fun. We also have a Pantheon episode, a new Pantheon episode just went up. It's Final Fantasy Tactics this month. We had our pal Bot on, and we also had, who else did we have on this episode? Mike. Mike, Mike. Mike Williams. Yes. Yes, our and old me. pal, Mike Williams. Multiple multiple pals. And Nadia, who is the naysayer? <laughs>
2: I wasn't a naysayer. I was just kind of being the voice of modern
0: reason.
1: You can't let <laughs> no, tactics just float into reason. the Pantheon. It's, it does not get to just float into the Pantheon. There you They're...
0: go. That's the way I look at it. That's true. Did it float into the Pantheon? Go listen to our episode. It's only $10 at mm-hmm, patreon.com mm-hmm. slash bloodgodpod to go and access it and all of the wonderful other uh, Pantheon episodes we've done, including Chrono Cross and Persona 5 and System Shock 2 and Terra Enigma and Fantasy Star and Final Fantasy Eight. So many and a lot episodes. Yeah, we've done a lot at this point. We have. We've, we've done, done, done a lot of, of work this year. With... Yeah, we work really hard. Speaking of speaking of hard work, we also did a. We have a great Kingdom Hearts ranking coming up in a couple weeks with our old pal Ash Paulson. Didn't we just smear the hell out of Sora? <laughs> <laughs> <we're> like, uh, <laughs> loser. loser it's a preview of <laughs> and the by ranking, the way, everyone. Really. But here's the thing: Ash is a Kingdom Hearts stand. Oh God! different he loves Sora. He
2: loves Sora so. I was on uh, today news tonight when uh Sora was the the day before Sora was supposed to be announced for Smash and he was just like wishing and hoping and, and praying for
0: Sora and he got it. <laughs> hey, I I just want to hear like, you know, somebody who has genuine love for the uh for the series. I, uh, I think we're too old through. and cranky for it. Hey, you we're going to so? I mean, is we like our age this? too.
2: I, I like
1: Kingdom Hearts just fine until mm. three came out and soured the whole damn series for me. But up until that <laughs> point, I thought Kingdom Hearts was OK.
2: Did you call it Nomura
1: Hearts? No, no. Kingdom Hearts. OK, I please, thought you said Nomura please. Hearts. <laughs> I mean, it is that. But it also... is Nomura Hearts. That's why I asked. <laughs> three was the line for reasons we'll get into in the ranking. But yes, three Ooh. is Juicy. maybe one of the worst games of the series, in my opinion.
2: Ouch, that's a big series. There's a lot of bad Katie games to go it. over. Katie gave a good reviews. Yeah, Katie liked it. And Katie doesn't like things that easily. Katie yeah. and
1: I had disagreements about that game.
0: <laughs> Clearly. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm curious. We'll find out, I guess. Well, there's lots more content over at patreon.com slash so go and check it out. Before we get to the episode, I just want to continue on a very serious note. Of course, what is happening in the Ukraine is... Uh, terrifying and incredibly sad. We urge you to go and support all of the people. There are more than 1 million refugees coming out of the Ukraine right now, heading over to neighboring countries. Uh, There are a lot of resources going on over at IGN. We're doing a how to help. Recommend Mm -hmm. going and checking that out. Um, On a personal note, my housemate is actually, uh, she's Ukrainian. And so this has been a, a very tough time. Oh, is her. is she doing all right? She is she's holding up. Actually, as we speak, they are gathering supplies uh to ship to Ukraine and we're putting up uh that's flags awesome. and banners outside our house to uh support, that's good. show show our support.
1: But that's awesome.
0: acts yes. of uh we stand with you, Ukraine. Hang mm-hmm. in there. All right. Let's talk about what we are playing our sacrifice to the blood god and i'll start it's definitely not elden ring y'all i, uh. just, I have not played elden ring all week it's the freaking worst because mm-hmm. i've been too busy i've been working my butt off playing final fantasy tactics and working for all of you and everything <laughs> <and working two laughs> guilt
1: tripping the podcast right now, Kat? no no i'm not
0: i know i love you all no it's great i i love doing uh editing podcasts and you know but it just, you know, it precludes being able to sit down and play this game that's just like right over there, and it's mm-hmm. very much a. I know this I feeling. wish I were playing Elden Ring. I wish I were playing Elden Ring. The, the, the one game I've really had time to play at all, really, has been Legends Arceus, which I'm at the end of the story now. Like I'm actually yeah at the end of the story. So uh, and I like it. Yeah, it's a very good game, and we can like talk a little more. About it in the uh, the main segment, um, it's a little up and down at places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think the battles against the the wardens is pretty bad. Those can be actually, yeah. Those can yeah. be kind of touch and go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's the thing: when I was fighting the wardens, it would be like deploy your Pokemon. I'd be like deploy, and the Pokemon wouldn't come out. And I'd be like deploy, yeah. and the Pokemon wouldn't come out. And then it'd be like, and I'm like, okay, you get throw kick. some more, throw some more yeah. balls at you. But it is when you're flying around on the world and you see the Pokemon beneath you and you drop beneath behind them, it is sublime. Also, Hmm. I've heard people call Pokemon Legends Arceus the first Pokemon survival horror game. You're the villain. You're the (laughs) the villain. Uh You're the one Uh who drops behind these poor Pokemon out of Uh the sky and just like stride up with your Pokemon and go... I'm catching a, a, and the others scatter and you're like oh god oh god yeah
2: there's a terrifying video i saw of someone who uh they basically were up against a huge alpha rapidash with the red glowing eyes and the rapidash just kind of makes meat out of their pokemon then it turns to look at the player with mm-hmm. these glowing mm-hmm. red eyes and someone took that footage and replaced like five nights of freddy's sort of sound effects over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, it's just like you don't want a Pokemon to look at you with, with shining red eyes. It's actually quite terrifying.
0: <laughs> well, I am almost done with Legends of Arceus and then I'm gonna really dive into triangle strategy. Um but Elden Ring, it's right over there and there's like eighty hours to do in this game. So and there's so many games coming out this month. It's actually mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. including it is multiple RPGs. <laughs> Final Fantasy Origins, Stranger in Paradise. Yeah. What a great time to release that game.
1: Square has uh, like that, three yeah. or four games coming out this month. It's wild. <laughs> like, it's it is a very Square Enix-heavy month.
0: It is. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit, but Babylon's Fall just came out. It's very bad. Yeah. It very fell. Bad. Very,
1: Babylon's very bad. Fell. Mm-hmm.
0: Babylon's Fall, I guess I'll just say right now, makes me a little sad, actually, because... What the heck happened with that game? Oh, my God. I mean, is this showing that Platinum has fallen? Is this the fall of Platinum? Or is it just that you don't have enough resources Mm. and they're focusing it all on Bayonetta?
1: As a long time, well, not a long time, but at least since the 360 era player of Platinum games, uh, they do this every now and then where they'll come out with a game and you'll be like, what part of your studio worked on this? Because they'll be like, here's this awesome Transformers (laughs) Platinum game. Here's Nier Automata. Here's a really bad Legend of Korra game.
2: (laughs) Here's a really bad Turtles game. Was it bad?
1: Was
0: the Legend of Korra game bad? I think it was legendarily bad. I I, I remember when it was announced and I went and uh, previewed it.
1: I think it was aggressively mediocre (laughs) and definitely, (laughs) and, and to the level that like, you think of something like avatar and you'd be like oh yeah platinum would be able to do so much with that being able to whip all the elements around and do cool spectacle action with it that seems like platinum and then you play it and you're like wow this is not even up to platinum's internal standards for other games much less any other action game it's not even a good action game and platinum is a maker of great action games so it's like What's what's happening? Is there There. a team over there that every once in a while they toss a project to and they're like, "Hey, y'all, y'all get to do one," and and we're going to make, yeah.
0: The tragedy of Platinum is when they were first announced, and I remember when they were announced, and they had a bunch of cool games coming out. It seemed like they were going to be a prestige kind of studio with their Mm -hmm. own IPs and everything. They had like a publishing deal with Sega, and instead, they kind of became a work-for-hire studio. And they've never really been able to escape that pit, right? And what I'm saying is, somebody needs to buy them. <laughs> I don't know. They like even their work for hire stuff can be absolutely ex-
2: exceptional. I mean, Near is probably the, the best example. Mm. Yeah, they did save uh, Near
0: Automata, didn't they?
2: They they did, yeah. and I, I still record. believe one day we'll get scale bound.
0: Yeah, they're more of an action studio, but they would be a really interesting subject for a. Uh, they would game developer yeah. quest. I mean, if you ask anyone,
2: they're gonna tell you one of the best Metal Gear games ever is uh they did rising oh, Revenge. God, Revenge right? Metal rising. Gear
1: Rising is so good. It's, it's so, so good so because is no
0: not involved.
1: <laughs> oh god. The duality yeah. of platinum. Exactly. Nadia,
0: what are you playing?
2: Uh, I am playing Elden Ring. So ha-ha. Yeah. And... No. <laughs> Sorry. Um yeah, so I am playing Elden Ring when I can, because like you, I'm busy and have a localization. Uh, deadline coming up so I've been working on that primarily but when I can I play Elden Ring and really like it I was just saying before on the pre-show that I'm probably gonna take a small break because it is a heartbreaking game
1: mm.
2: it's kind of like very easy not easy but like you can cheese it with your horse for pretty much like time you need to build up and grind and, and get some more runes but once you get into the boss fights, that's really when they're going to like show you how terrible you actually are and haha you suck and the cameras of course everywhere cuz it's a FromSoft game. But I did beat uh whatever the first boss is called, Margaritaville.
1: Margo um, Robbie. Yeah, you took down yeah. Margo Robbie. Margaret, yeah, so, Is that it?
2: Yeah. So here's Margarit Simpson. First of all, I was allowed to summon someone. They let you summon uh, a some NPC, uh, Jaroni, so I did that. Oh,
1: Rajay. He's so good. He's he's a really good summon. He's actually a really, really good summon.
2: And I also have uh, ashes. And at first I was Mm -hmm. using my wolves. And my wolves are just fantastic because they're perfect tanks. And they while they're like kind of biting the ass of the bad guy, you can just kind of go in there and clean up. But I was still having trouble. So I switched to, uh, when I got teleported to the Swamps of Sadness, when I opened that chest, I found Mm -hmm. uh, the ashes of some sort of zombie dog. And that oh, stray dog, dog
1: ashes, yeah.
2: Yeah, the stray, the rotting stray, and mm-hmm. it when it bites, it poisons or something like the the oh, enemy. So I just I poisoned the shit out of that guy, and uh, then I had the twin blade. And I just cut him up, and it was still a bit mm-hmm. touch and go, but I did it. And he was like, I'm mad now," bah, bah. and I like, "Yeah, whatever, you're gone." So now I'm at Stormvale <laughs> Castle. I don't know if I should proceed that way or go another way because i kind of been all over the map. Like I was Go another way. Point. Just go explore. It's so good. That's the fun thing about uh, the game.
1: I do Stormvale while you're there because I think Godric is an easier fight than Margit. Is he really? And, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I, I took maybe like 12 tries to beat Margit and had to grind a bunch to get there, and I think I maybe took two or three tries on Godric.
2: Also, with Margit, I used the shackle because I found patches. I did not
1: use the shackle at all.
2: And I opened his stupid treasure chest that was also bugged or whatever you want to call it. And he sent me Mm -hmm. to shoot. I can't remember, but oh, right. I landed up right in front of a huge ass bear that was sharpening his claws on the uh, on a tree in front of me. And I'm like, mom, pick me up. I'm scared. But of course, you can't go Mm -hmm. anywhere because you got to find your own way out and find your own like, you know, side Mm -hmm. of grace before you can teleport. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that was interesting. But I did it kind of getting through the challenges and. You know what? I just love a game that lets me fart around and ride on a horse mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do horse combat. That was my favorite part about Twilight Princess. That's why I like Twilight Princess so much. So, yeah.
0: It's, mm-hmm. it's a good game. What's that? I proud of you, Nadia. Oh, thank you. I, I have made many accomplishments. I enjoy riding around the horse. Uh, so, I got the greatsword in Elden Ring when I have actually been able to play it. and. Mm-hmm. I enjoy riding the horse with that thing and holding R two and just dragging it along the ground, and then <laughs> that sounds like cool. Whoosh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On uh, on enemies as I drive past, you know those enemies that are sitting on the horseback that you oh, see, yeah, you can just ruin them with a great sword. It's great. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. I'm gonna try that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, great swords in the Souls games have historically been kind of OP. Um, mm-hmm. They're just they have the big sweep. Right, they're a little slow, but once you get the cadence right, you're okay. Mm -hmm. The thing is, my greatsword is still kind of weak, so when I was fighting against uh, Margaritaville, (laughs) Jimmy
1: Buffett's Margaritaville, yeah, Yeah.
0: Um, I just didn't feel like I was doing enough damage, and so I would get him down like seventy five percent damage and then just die, and I'd be like, "All right, Mm -hmm. I need to go grind." Well, he
2: moves around really quickly, and that was one thing I was worried about. Maybe equipping a greatsword is because I wanted to keep my equipment medium. Uh, weight at the most so I can roll around more. And doesn't a great sword kind of uh, negate that?
1: It does. It's got a longer wind-up than most other weapons so you do have to like be a bit more intentional with how you use it. Although I found that jump attacking in this game is just very very good across the board so you can kind of negate it a bit with that because it feels like the wind-up for jump attacks is a lot more le- lenient than when you're on the ground. Jump attacks can be good
0: but it leaves you very vulnerable. Yeah, yeah.
1: I've only if you miss <laughs> <laughs> that is the problem and I like to roll the die um, don't, don't just don't
0: miss yeah there you go
1: yeah just don't miss that's it yeah that's <laughs> that's been my story with Elden Ring so far uh from what I've been able to play has been I like to to gamble on the riskier builds. so I didn't go great sword I went dex faith so right now I have oh. two claws you're like, uh, like, you're like claws Red
0: playing um she's the magic I'm not she's playing, playing I was
1: I was going magic. I was going to be a pyromancer. And then I found two hook claws that make me look (laughs) like a wolverine. And I was like, okay, I like these. They do bleed. They like stack up bleed damage, which is very, very effective. I might look for those. And then, so there's a dragon. I'm not going to tell you where it is for those of you who don't want this. But there's a big sleepy dragon that doesn't wake up if you hit it. And if you got some bleed, you can beat the crap out of it and get like, 70 to 90 k souls easy nice. so i i ate this dragon and then <laughs> leveled myself up really big and then got the thing that lets me put holy on my weapons and now i'm just wolverine jesus and well, i damn. run through the lands stabbing everyone with my holy claws and it's really really fun <laughs> <My> <laughs> deck's is really wolverine high. jesus wolverine jesus you know the the second coming of logan that's that's what i'm here to play in Elden ring <laughs> Uh, holy no, is very good, Abby. I yeah. really like holy. It's first of all, like, auto kills skeletons, basically, like which is super helpful in some of the catacombs. And yeah. I think in general, just finding a weapon that does more than your average weapon is really helpful in this game. So something that has a bleed effect, something that has a good weapon art on it, something is going to help you out in this game. So, uh, yeah, get rid of Get rid of your basic weapons. Find find the good weapons. I find and start that I like the spear
2: them. for horseback combat.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's
2: pretty mm-hmm. good. I do like um, that
1: spear, yeah.
2: But where do you find the claws? Because I want to get some now.
1: They're in Stormvale. So oh, well, there you are, I guess. They're, they're a dex we weapon, though. So if you're leveling strength, they're not going to do I know, much I'm leveling dex
0: for the most part. Okay, I level okay. dex and vigor and the them, endurance. I'm leveling them both because I'm doing a quality build. So
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm the basic. That's the mm-hmm. basic, Elden oh, Ring. The basics, build. the basics work. The basics. I'm just gonna done. be
0: basic because I just want to mm-hmm. get through this game someday. It's like me <laughs> no, reading exactly. Lord of the Rings. I've been on page 800 of Lord of the Rings for like ages because I'm like, oh, I'm doing other things right now. A a for some reason?
1: I I don't know what it is, but this one feels the most doable of any FromSoft mm. game I've played, and a maybe purposeful. yeah. Maybe it's the summons that help a lot, and maybe it's that mm. magic actually feels meaningful in this game rather than kind of a cheese build. Um Maybe it's that the open world does let you go somewhere else and do something else when you get frustrated in one area. So you're not just bashing your head against yeah, something. That's really but, important. Um, I'm getting
0: my faith up just high enough or I'm getting my magic up just high enough so I can get the healing and the fire. And then mm-hmm. just I was wondering if I should do there. that.
1: Yeah, uh, the heals well, probably worth it because it's maybe like nine or ten faith. At most, it's not much. So yeah, I might. But grab you it have then. to use space in order FP, to
0: summon your your dogs. Or whatever, yeah.
1: So yeah. But if you're yeah. not using your FP for anything else, then why not?
2: Well, I do totally. like my dogs. They are really good Dude. boys. I like going to an encampment, stopping in front of my horse, calling my dogs, and just <laughs> getting my ass kicked mm-hmm. because I still got clumsy. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about the game. Even the mooks will still kill you if you're not mm-hmm. careful, and I'm not careful.
0: <laughs> well. As you can tell, we're all playing Elden Ring for the most part. That is a game that has captured our heart, though. We'll be talking about a few other games in a moment. But for now, here's a series of random encounters. Here's what's been happening in the news of RPGs this week. CD Projekt and EA are among the devs to pull games from Russia and Belarus among the ongoing Ukrainian conflict. Final Fantasy XIV patch 6.1 is out in April. Uh, Nadia is our Charlie and Dropouts host. I assume that's a good thing?
2: Oh, yeah, it's a very good thing. Basically, uh, the as you know, with the blast patch, the Heidel and Zodiac arc is done. That is the main conflict for the last 10 years. So the new theme for the new arc is adventure, supposedly. We don't really know what that entails. There's still a lot of details up in the mist. But they did get some official art today. And the font kind of suggests, like, a realm reborn. Kind of going back to that, like, you know, Eorzea and and traveling it and having fun. Maybe something terrible is probably going to happen. It always does. But I I found it interesting that the artwork has uh, the hero as a several jobs and one of them being a dragoon and the dragoon job looks like they're riding dragons now which is like what dragoons should be doing so that's pretty cool they finally advanced to that
0: babylon's fall is out and it's bad it's got a 41 on metacritic elden ring is the biggest non-call of duty and non-fifa launch in the uk since red dead redemption 2 came out in 2018 and also in Elden Ring, people are selling runes on eBay, and there's discourse about whether to hug the monster lady, to which I say, hugger, for God's sake, there's only a little I bit of comfort her. you can get in you this get world. You get a debuff?
1: You want to have less health? What are you doing? But there's
0: also a benefit to being able to increase your poise briefly. So yeah, like, it's a give and a take. Poise is what? It keeps from knockback, I hear, or something like that? Look, you can cure the debuff. Just get the freaking hug. It's Okay. I have to admit, it's one of the warmest hug animations I've ever seen in a video game. I know. Game. It's so... In- it's, it's lovely, and it also meant that I uh-uh. was running around with a 5% health debuff for quite a while, which I'm going to fix the next time I play Elden Ring. It's great. While well, y'all but-
1: were busy hugging the Death Maiden. I was studying the Blade. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> she oh, warns you up front, you know, I'm going to take some of your energy. I'm kind of a succubus <laughs> or whatever I am, and I'm like, I don't care. This is Elden Ring. I need a hug for Christ's sake. <laughs>
0: This week's main topic, we had a whole bunch of Pokemon news come down the pipeline. I was not expecting Pokemon Gen 9 to be announced this year. I thought it would be coming out next year because, frankly, Pokemon Legends Arceus was already came out this year. We had Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl last year. I figured that, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 was going to be out. It's kind of a packed fall, but no. Game Freak decided to announce it. Those mad, crazy people, Pokemon, Violet, and Scarlet. Looks a lot like an expanded sword and shield. It's being billed as an open-world game. Uh, kind of superficially bears a resemblance to Pokemon Legends Arceus, but I think it's going to be mm-hmm. somewhat different, as we'll get to in a moment. The starters are Fuecoco, the Firecroc, Quaxley, the Duckling, and Sprigatito, the grass cat, which uh, we all know which one is the most popular so far, and which we one's going to end up being the uh, which one's going to end up being the worst design. Aww. Hey,
1: look, Quaxley's <laughs> doing great, all right. Water Pokemon, you know, continued to set the bar for Pokemon excellence, and I, I will say that Fue Coco. Is, I love Fue Coco. I, so someone brought up the idea that Fue Coco might be a ghost pepper because this might oh be set God. in like Pokemon oh. Spain. A, Guatamal- so could be a, a Guatemalan ghost. Insanity
0: Pepper? Sorry. A yeah. fire
1: ghost Pokemon would be very fun.
2: Has there been a fire ghost? I know Fire Psychic was- There's uh, fire
0: ghost. Chandelure. But it's Isn't not it a Chandelure? Starter. Chandelure is fire ghost. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh. Oh, that's um, really cool! Yeah, I like Foy Coco I'm very best. Excited. Weed Cat is a good one too. No one remembers the real name; everyone calls her Weed Cat. But Foy Coco is going to be my favorite. I know. I kind of, I do kind of like Jojo Duck though.
0: I'm going to spoil myself and look at what the final evolutions are, or what types they end up being. Because I, might. I, I felt like I have big regrets about picking Rowlet in Legends of Arceus, and I'm not mm-hmm. having, I'm not letting <laughs> that happen to me again. You don't like, you don't like Legends of Arceus Rowlet. I like him. No, no. I mean, he's fine, but he's kind of been weak for me, actually. He's been one of he's my least of reliable weak. characters. Um, and I desperately wish that I had taken the Typhlosion because I oh, actually really so like good. Cyndaquil. I like Cyndaquil a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm so annoyed. I, I ended up getting a Ninetales instead, but
1: mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ninetales tails, you're awesome.
1: Not, you're not hurting for fire Pokemon in that game. I found no. like you can get Ponita and Rapidash pretty early. There's Nine tails. There's Magmar. Like you don't really have to worry about fire Pokemon in that game.
0: Just out of curiosity, which starter are y'all picking out of the gate? Uh, I, I think I think I'm probably gonna pick Sprigatito just because Grass Cat. You know, I'm doing Flaykoco. I love I oh, love Pokemon. Really, you're to not picking the Grass Cat. You're not picking the Kitty.
2: No, cat. No, uh, I like Flaykoco. Oh, I had okay. a cat last time, i had Litten. Oh, that's true. Litten, Litten is your true kitty cat. Litten is the Pokemon cat. And he's in uh, Pokemon Go now too. Oh,
0: that's true.
2: How about you, Eric?
1: Oh, I'm going quaxly. Like we we rounded mm. this out perfectly. We we already have all three starters allocated. There is no fighting. We we did this perfectly. Perfect. All is
2: well.
0: <laughs> well, Pokemon Gen 9 Scarlet and Violet, what are your initial impressions? I am curious. Nadia, I think you're maybe a little bit more of a Pokemon stand than Eric is. So I'll ask you first. Oh, well, when I saw the trailer, I thought we we're going to get like Pokemon kill a man in a museum. And I was
2: disappointed that's not going to be the case. <laughs> My Pokemon night in the museum. Pokemon the Museum because you had that like weird trailer with the security guard and I, at first I thought is this Shin Megami Pokemon because that'd be a really <laughs> awesome <laughs> crossover something Finally. about it just reminded me of Shin Megami Teddy. In
0: NBC we were joking about the Pokemon Murder Pit so maybe something <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> I think well first of all like you I was surprised like okay we're getting actual Gen Nine footage like a lot of it and, so this game is quite far along and I because I was thinking mm. at most we get the starters if we got that. But no, we got a lot of footage. It looks like they learned a lot of lessons from Sword and Shield in terms of the graphics. I kind of know some emphasis on trees. Here are your trees, you maniac. Please stop bothering us. I'm, I'm interested in it. Very interested. I'm curious about why it has to be this year when we had Arceus, as you said. But uh, hopefully it all works out. I think Spain is a great setting. I just still want to have Canada, though. It'll happen someday. I just know it will. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what what happens and i have no idea how the community is taking it because i'm not paying attention to anything they say how
0: about you eric
1: i am absolutely baffled we already got a not just a gen 9 teaser i was expecting maybe they come out and say they're working on gen 9 in the way that they said they were working on the breath of the wild too exactly like to not just get a thing that says hey we're making it but names, starters, footage of the world, like concept art, like I it, it almost makes me wonder if Arceus was them just kind of setting a blueprint for a game I think that, and I then think building was. up on Feels top like a of a
0: prototype, it. doesn't it?
1: Because I do, I look at the footage and I I see Arceus here. I see the way the character moves in the world. I see the way that the world is kind of built for perspective and things like that. I see Arceus there. I see Pokemon walking around on the overworld. And that, you know, granted that was a thing in Sword and Shield too, but it was not very well received, I feel, compared to Arceus. Not, Not just Sword and Shield directly, but like the overworld Pokemon in Sword and Shield. Right. And... I also, we talked about it before that, you know, is Arceus going to be a fulcrum point for the series? And I really do think that it's had a very positive reception overall. And even just the fact that they had a free update out already for it was exciting. But now we're gonna live in a world where at the end of the year, for game of the year consideration, we're gonna talk about two Pokemon games. Oh my two gosh. Arguably mainline Pokemon games. And I never thought of it that way. That's that's bonkers to me. Um what I am really interested in and what we talked about on the Arceus cast was that Arceus stood out because of how it ditched the normal Pokemon storyline because of how it got rid of gyms and got rid of kind of the standard uh you know hero's progression through the world to get the the badges and and become part of the elite four or what have you. I'm curious whether they go back to that or whether Pokemon is just done with gyms, because honestly, if this turns out to be more of just an RPG adventure and not necessarily a fight eight gyms and maybe still have gyms, but have like dungeons instead, (laughs) like I'm interested to see what they could do when they stop just doing eight badges and the elite four, you know? So that's my hope for this game. But right now I'm, sold. I I said it before Arceus rekindled my love for the series and I I'm back in it. I am buying Pokemon cards. I have an Umbreon skateboard. I still need to hang up on the wall back there. I've I you said earlier you think Nadia's a larger Pokemon stand than I. I say nay. I am a Mark now.
2: I just want to know how the the multiplayer element is going to work, because we all know we were talking about Arceus. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. of the reasons it succeeds so well is because it's just like, OK, screw the multiplayer game. This is a single player Pokemon adventure, and it worked mm-hmm, out really well mm-hmm. for that. And if it's looking like uh, Scarlet and um, Sapphire, what, shit, what was it? Scarlet and Violet. Violet, Violet Scarlet, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if that's a more mainline Pokemon experience, well, they can't ignore the online element anymore, so how is that going to feature into this big open world? I, I want to know. I think...
0: I think it'll be like Sword and Shield. I yeah. think they... I, You know, you were talking about how it looks like Legends Arceus. I mean, Sword and Shield had the wild areas, and they dramatically expanded the wild areas for the Isle of Armor. That's and, true, they did. Yeah, uh... And basically, Isle of Armor was all online, right? It was 100% yeah. online. It had all of the Pokemon wandering around. I want
2: and everything. to see people riding on their Pokemon in the wild. Like everyone kind of had their mm. bikes and that was fine, but I want everyone to have like their, their favorite Pokemon to ride on
0: and just complete chaos on the overworld. is mm. going to be great. There was uh, some suggestions based on the website that they're going back to the catching mechanics from the previous games, as opposed to what they have in Legends Arceus. Mm. And a lot of fans are like, "Oh, I like the catching like mechanics Arceus. in Legends Arceus." Mm. And I'm it's so brisk. I'm with them, honestly. I I think the catching mechanics of, of Legends Arceus were inspired and easily the best part of that game. I think so.
2: It's so so like. There's two things I want them to retain from that. Number one, I think the quick catching mechanics are so fantastic because it really moves the game along. Number Mm -hmm. two, making the catches worthwhile, because even if you catch like a million junk Pokemon, they have their purposes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even like just letting them go will earn you pretty big rewards. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like what they did with the spare Pokemon in that game. They're not just like rotting in boxes somewhere. They get a pasture.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's going to be a fairly traditional Pokemon experience because uh, the pokemon company i think wants to that they have their kind of format right the legends Artist was their opportunity to explore and break format a little bit and it was it was really great in that regard uh gen 9 i think will be a little bit more of their return to what they usually end up doing um so sorry eric
1: <laughs> i look <laughs> If, if they do that, then look forward to Arceus being on my top 10 list and Pokemon Violet and Scarlet being nowhere near it. So. Ouch.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, Violet and Scarlet, it's kind of a different animal, right? Because Legends Arceus is a really cool single-player experience, whereas mm-hmm. Violet and Scarlet will potentially be a really cool multiplayer experience. Um, really good online battling, which is not something that Legends Arceus has. Um, and just in general, the fuller Pokemon experience that we get in Legends
1: you're, Arceus. You're unselling me on it. You're like, but Eric, there will be competitive Pokemon players in it, and I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I want the opposite of that. That's you fine. You get to be a you year old. Back,
0: You've had Legends Arceus already. Now Violet mm-hmm, and Scarlet's mm-hmm. coming out. This is, you know, the equivalent of a Destiny two expansion, right? I mean,
1: Let me tell you, so we've been doing charity streams, some some friends and I all week for uh, for quality uh, Texas. Uh, And one of the streams we did this week was a game of my own invention called Pokemon Legends Arceus Alpha Bingo, where I made bingo cards of all the alpha Pokemon in the game. And they had to compete to get a bingo by catching all the alpha Pokemon. And that is more fun than most Pokemon experiences I've played in the last decade. That was mm. a blast. So all I'm saying is, Game Freak, you want someone to come in there, fix this Pokemon series for you, you got my number. But Ooh, otherwise, they do. I'm, Game I'm Freak, not interested doesn't need in traditional fixed. Pokemon.
0: They're more popular than ever, honestly. Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. Not, with, so pop- not with Eric's. 100% of Eric's grumble and say, do not give me basic Pokemon again.
0: I still really like core Pokemon for the most part. I, I had a great time with Sword and Shield. Ultimately. So did I. Yeah. It, I think it's important I, to have. And also Gen 9 looks much bigger and much more refined than Sword and Shield. This is what the, they all this always happens. Yeah. With Game Freak. They start out pretty rough with their first entry in a new platform. Diamond and Pearl, X and Y. And then the next one that comes out, like Black and White or Sun and Moon, is way more refined. And I think we're already seeing that with this one. So I yeah, I think sure. that Violet and Scarlet is going to be really good, honestly. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually wondering: does this mean, like, has
2: Nintendo guaranteed that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming this year, or have they been kind of dilly-dallying
0: on that? I think I think the Pokemon company does whatever the heck it wants. Mm-hmm. I Good don't point. think it's really thinking about Breath of the Wild 2 all that much. They're thinking about merch and holidays, mm. uh, television oh. shows and movies of course. and all of that. I'd, I'd, OK, uh, so Drew RWX says if Gen 9 TikToks back to mainline game blandness, would that put Argus in route to becoming their Link's Awakening? I don't understand what this mainline game blandness stuff is all about. The, these games have been effectively a live service game for multiple generations now, and it's really, really good at what it does It between the catching and the collecting and the actual battle systems and everything. And I love Legends Arceus. Don't get me wrong. It's a great single-player experience, but the beauty of Pokemon is its connectiveness. Okay? Sword and Shield it's also has very underrated the, characters the social elements have been the biggest part of Pokemon going back to the original freaking Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so absolutely. to say that, that it's not, yeah, maybe the story is bland. I don't like, I think they definitely need to redo the story. But as a holistic kind of experience, Pokemon's better than ever. Well, what do you want? I really like the story
2: for for Sun and Moon, and they, they
1: mm-hmm. still
2: had it for Sword and Shield, but you had to look for it. And
0: it was real what what was there was very cute. I liked it. I liked I liked the Sun and Sword Sh- Shields uh, world, actually. I, yeah. I really liked the Gallery Region. Great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The first time I saw a, the first time I saw a Gala region Meowth, I was like I was playing the game before it was out and I was like, Oh my god, what the hell is that? That scared the crap out of me. You remember Gala region Meowth, right? The Viking? Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> they're cool. I, I love the soccer stadiums. Because, yeah, you know, I'm a sports fan. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, I, loved the, I loved the Pokemon as sport kind of idea. Yes. And I wish they would do more of that or lean more into that. But it's every... So that's why Sword and Shield hit me maybe more than a little bit. But. Oh, God. I hope, like, since we're in Spain, it's not something to do with bullfighting. That would be terrible. Oh, God. Don't even say <laughs> such things. But <laughs> I mean, Pokemon... Just... That's always been Pokemon forever. But but the good Taurus news is Pokemon's taming. Pokemon's yes. big tent. You can play Violet and Scarlet. You can play the Legends Arceus games. Maybe uh, maybe they'll be able to cater to everybody. And everybody can be happy. someday. So, maybe Pokemon like fans will be happy. I like I like Arceus. I'm probably gonna like Violet and Scarlet. So back in, back in on Pokemon, everybody. But uh, speaking of Pokemon Legends Arceus, a daybreak upgrade came out and it added actually a significant amount of uh, content. I was actually pretty surprised, including brand new requests so new quest lines and everything and something called the eternal battle reverie which is basically how long can you survive and apparently it's quite hard like some of the hardest mm-hmm, pokemon mm-hmm. that you will actually see that's uh, pretty cool have you uh, tried any of that eric
1: i haven't had a chance to check it out yet i was talking with a friend of the show kenneth shepherd who like played that thing the second he was able to uh which on his internet was about 12 hours later yeah but, uh, <laughs> love you ken uh but it, he he had some good things to say about it, and I definitely feel like that's an interesting direction to take it because I do think that once you get past the like ending, quote unquote, of Arceus and get into the post credit stuff, that's where Arceus shows its hand and says this is all we could do with this system, and gives you some really, really like some of the best trainer battles I can think of in recent memory, and ones that feel very challenging that you know, because of the systems they built, you have to go back and reconfigure your team and train them with special moves. And it feels very RPG ish in a way that Pokemon hasn't felt to me in a long time, oddly enough. Like it, it feels like you're going back and you're remodulating your team and then you're going back in and you're not going through the whole thing of, well, I got to catch a Pokemon. I got to train the EVIV, and I got to make sure I HM and TM the right moves on. They streamline that stuff so much faster. So you're doing right. it in like five minutes rather than like three hours. And uh, I like that they went this direction and said, hey, now that, again, we're not encumbered by multiplayer, we can just give you a really good single player challenge. This is what we can do with that design space. That sounds great to me. Hook that right up. Let's go.
0: Hook it to my page. Last question before we move on. Is this too much Pokemon in one year? Because that's like three major releases in one year. (laughs) That's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the Pokemon company didn't see it that way. And we do have, we have brought
2: up very valid differences between mainline Pokemon and Arceus, but uh, it's still a lot of Pokemon for one year. Not that it's going to affect anything. Like it's still going to sell a billion, zillion copies,
1: but uh, yeah. But watch I'm us sure. not be talking about Arceus at the end of the year. Like, if especially if Violet and Scarlet end up being really good, watch Arceus get forgotten. So that's Aww. why I'm with Drew in that it will be remembered as The Link's Awakening, which is the game in the series for a true connoisseur, for a true taste, you know, the people who know, know.
2: Maybe it's more of a, a, a Link Between Worlds, which is its own sophisticated entry. in. Oh, I love series. a
1: Link Between Worlds. What a, it's fantastic. What a wonderful uh, little too. game.
0: I I think that by November, I will be like, all right, time for another Pokemon game. Let's go. And then I'll take forever (laughs) to beat the story. But what Mm -hmm. I really want is for them to get Pokemon home connectivity to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and Legends Arceus so that I can get Chimchar into uh, Sword and Shield for at least a little bit, you know? And also, I want them to connect to Sword and Shield so I can be able to move a whole lot of stuff that I caught in Legends Arceus over there Mm because it's so easy to catch Pokemon. We were talking to Joe Merrick over, uh, a Cerebi over on NBC. Yeah. And he was saying he's building a living, shiny pokenix in Legends Arceus, which he was like, yeah, it's so easy to catch them. It's like, wow, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, so, I've heard that. Like, I haven't caught a shiny yet, actually, but like I mm. have heard that it's kind of ridiculously
0: easy, well, by comparison to the uh-huh. old ways to catch uh-huh. shinies in Arceus. Well, while we wait for Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, we do have... Another kind of strategy game, another kind of RPG. Yes, Triangle Strategy. It's here. It's officially out. I feel like we've been talking about this on the podcast quite a lot. It's got an 83 on Metacritic. Here's what some of the major publications are saying. Nintendo Life says there's an absolute ton of content here with a huge story featuring multiple paths to take depending on the choices you make and several properly impactful endings to enjoy on return visits. And but RPG site is a little more negative on it, saying it may seem like I'm cold on Triangle Strategy. That's really just because I think it lands just shy of greatness. Hardcore strategy fans may truly enjoy this unless they keep their expectations in check. But otherwise, Triangle Strategy does a great job of repackaging a classic genre for a modern generation. Eric, you've been playing Triangle Strategy. What's your take?
1: So to preface this, I have not beaten Triangle Strategy yet. We did not get great lead time on code uh, for the embargo. And so uh, I have a review in progress up on Destructoid.com. And that's kind of my thoughts after about uh, a little over 20 hours into the game. Uh, That being said, I enjoy this game a great deal. I also really do understand where some of the criticisms are coming from. And I think it's a case of whether you're willing to, let's say, put up with some things. <laughs> uh, I I think on one hand, you have the combat, the tactics, and they are just very good. Very, very good. I really like the combat in this game. I think, especially coming off of final fantasy tactics, it felt good to play that game and then go into this because it felt like I kind of built up my, you know here's over time how the tactics genre the tactics rpg genre has progressed and there's so many quality of life changes that Trigal strategy makes that are so so good i mean just being able to freely rotate the camera around for one thing not doing that yeah. weird although i do like the noise the tactics made it was like yeah. <sighs> it was yeah. very good very good but uh very playstation it's uh, it's easy to see things you get all the the different things that fire emblem has pop- popularized like threat squares so you can see when you're in range and not in range. I think there's a lot of clever things that it does to kind of encourage you to play smartly if you haven't played a tactics game before so it has a kudos system where you get points uh, towards meta progression if you say land a follow up attack which is when you yeah. attack a unit with somebody on the opposite side uh, you do a follow up attack. And you get points for attacking an enemy while your own character is in the safe zone. So you're rewarded for not only playing well and positioning well and then still being able to hit the enemy. There's a lot of really nice stuff like that, that I was looking at this and I was saying, for someone who has not played a tactics game before, I think triangle strategy is extremely approachable. There's no permadeath, which is great. Um, And I think it's great because it actually lets them make difficult battles and I have has somebody who hard resets on Fire Emblem the second someone dies uh, I have been finishing battles with characters dead because I don't have to worry about losing this character forever now and I can actually start to engage with the difficulty of these battles and have those moments where I feel like I've eked out a win I haven't felt like I've eked out a win in a tactics RPG for a long time it's always either I ran my perfect run or I crashed and failed and reset. (laughs) And I really like that this game is doing some things to make me want to engage with that side of stuff. I also think there's just a lot of clever stuff in terms of the magic, uh, changing the terrain. So being able to, say, light ice on fire to create water, and then water, uh, you can zap it with a lightning to spread the damage around, like a chain lightning effect, using wind to change the facing of enemies or move them. There's a lot of really clever just... You know, things like Into the Breach and stuff like that have really played with as well, where you're not just thinking about, you know, how do I do damage to things, but how do I play efficiently and how do I move things efficiently and how can these characters work well? Because all the characters, there's no job system like there is in tactics. Instead, everybody has their own unique personal job. And so it feels very sweet again in that way. Right. Where everyone fills a role. And so you start out with a base party that you will always have of kind of your basic characters, your tank, your archer, your mage, your healer, your, I don't know, dude with a sword. (laughs) (laughs) Your sword uh, dude. But then they get to start adding twists on that. So they're like, what if we had this archer who's an old guy? Uh, It doesn't move as fast, doesn't move as far, but he does more damage the further away he is from the enemy. So, the better you position him and the better you play to his strengths, the more rewarded you're going to be. My favorite character is a blacksmith character who can build traps and he has a spring trap. (laughs) The Spring Mm -hmm. trap is maybe one of my favorite things in tactics games in a long time where if an enemy ends their turn on it, it springs and flings them several squares (laughs) in the direction that you choose. So I was in this mission where I was ambushed on and there were cliffs all around me. I was at the bottom and there were cliffs all around. So I was just it was a bad situation but what i did was my blacksmith put a bunch of spring traps up on those cliffs and so enemies archers would come down and be like ha ha i'm gonna rain arrows on you and then they get flung off the cliff it was beautiful (laughs) it was so good and you can fling you can fling like units into other units i was doing a thing where i was uh using the spring traps to Launched them into an ice wall that my ice mage had made so I knew where it would stop them. And then I had laid fire down <laughs> on the spot where they would land. So these guys were getting flung into an ice wall like sub-zero and then lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like this, it's really good tactical combat. I, I really am gelling with it if you can't tell. Um, the but in the situation the you know this game's all about the scales of conviction right? And we'll talk about the conviction in a second but uh, the the other side of the scale from this is that the story is slow. The story likes to tell you the same thing a few times. The story, uh, the VO, I think, is especially just everyone I is kind of a universal agreement. Yeah, change it to agreement. Japanese.
2: Yeah, the, to Japanese that, that helps so, so much.
1: Full warning. I do not speak Japanese, but I have read from some Japanese speakers that they say it's it's not that great on that side either.
2: It sounds it's better to my it's, ear.
1: Yeah, it's just that you don't know the difference.
2: It's faster.
1: <laughs> uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe that's the trick. Yeah. Um, but it's I I don't hate the story, and I actually think the story has some really compelling moments. Uh, there's one that I think every single reviewer, myself included, cited in their review, which is you can make a decision early on to either hand over a friend to an enemy that is marching on you to basically say like, here we are giving you our friend as a prisoner of war or no. And if you say no, they invade the city. Obviously you stick up for your friends, the power of anime, right? And so, uh, your advisor comes up to you. He's like, look, there's something I got to tell you about the city. It's got a secret weapon. The canals throughout the city, we can fill them with oil. And light them on fire. And we've got cages that will spring up. So basically it's fire death traps all around the city. The flip side of this is that you will burn the homes down. Of every citizen in this town. If you do it. Now the, the citizens are not in them. Don't, don't worry. This is not that heavy. It's Sunday. <laughs> but no. They, they like retreat them all into the castle. But um, I, I was like okay. You know what? I want to try really hard. Because the game also has like a conviction system. Which is you make a lot of decisions that are about do you feel that liberty or unity or morality is more important? And those will kind of shape things. Apparently it's supposed to affect which units you recruit in the game. Yeah. I don't know because I'm still on my first run, but I've been talking to other people kind of trying to figure out who's got what and who's been choosing what to figure that stuff out. Um, but it, it did give me a reason to not want to burn the homes down on top of not being a dick. <laughs> but, um I was holding my choke point. I was I had it locked down and nobody was getting through. I had ice walls going down, spring traps flinging dudes across the air it was great. And then reinforcements broke through one of the walls and they were right behind my choke point. And so instantly it was that moment in, it was it was the Helm's Deep moment when the uruk finally gets to the bomb and blows the bomb and now all the orcs are streaming yeah. in through the wall it was that moment where all of a sudden it was no longer we're holding the wall it's everybody out fall back and my units are dropping left and right as we're going because everybody's just running in a frenzy and we're getting like hit in the back by arrows it's, it's a massacre <laughs> and so <laughs> I pull back and at my last hold fast, I've got about two or three units left and then two that are kind of straggling behind my tank and my Smith and the enemy general is hot on their heels and she's just smacking people down left and right. And I see that she is positioned herself right in the fire cage. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to do it. I have to Good do it. Down. I've got my shot. I take my shot, but I hesitated. And that hesitation was the moment that I was like, they got this moment, right? They, they, they did it they they mm-hmm. made me think about the consequences of my actions in a video game <laughs> mm. and throughout the story now every time i go back to my town and i'm wandering around to talk to people and buy stuff and pick items up off the ground because serenoa is also a hobo who likes to pick yeah. things up off the ground, um, like all
0: RPG protagonists, like, like yeah, all exactly. good
1: RPG protagonists. Uh, there's this kid standing outside. They they leave the charred remains of the homes you burn there. And there's this kid standing out there who's like, "Oh Lord Saranoa thank you. You you got requisitions for the town, and so I have food in my belly again. But I still don't have a home. You burned <laughs> it <laughs> down. You I son want of a, bitch. a home. <laughs> <For> it <down. laughs> uh, yeah, it was." Moments like that and then other moments where you kind of have to build up, like, you know, uh, having to convince your allies of the decisions you want to make to branch the story and things like that, I think work really well. But I do think the writing in general is very slow and the voice acting doesn't help with that. It does have that sort of octopath or even Final Fantasy tactics where the lions way of they shan't be progressing on this Eventide evermore. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, <laughs> but they're like saying it with American accents. So they're like, that's well, kind they, of thing. they will not yeah. be progressing upon our Yuletide. And you're like, what are you talking about? My dude, like, <laughs> <You sound laughs> um, like a LARPer. Yeah. So that's my way of saying that I really like this game's combat, but also, the the story pacing and the amount of story between battles is also a lot. You kind of end up doing a lot between each battle. And I think someone going in expecting something with the pace of Fire Emblem, unless you play Three Houses, is going to be a little bit disappointed. Like Three Houses had huge stretches of no battling. But, yeah. Um, if, if you're expecting something of like a Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem or even like a Final Fantasy Tactics, it's a little bit more paced out. Almost almost 13 sentinels ish like that kind of ratio of dialogue to combat is kind and of yeah, so the first three
0: at. chapters are very slow
1: yeah so if yeah you play the demo very text heavy so it's my way of saying it's really doing it for me and there are also ways in which i see that this game could have been better and i agree a little bit with rpg site that you can see the points where had this just been a little bit more tuned up a little bit more polished also like this is the same way i felt about octopath traveler where i was like There's so much good here, but then you can see the parts where it could have been a lot greater and that like, even though it, it doesn't make the game bad, it does make you go, ah, damn, like this shy of greatness. Yeah. It's, it's the runner that comes in like 0.02 seconds behind the lead, you know?
0: Right. Right. I'm sad that it came out when it did, because I think this was kind of the worst possible time for a game Mm, that too yeah triangle strategy to come out it's just all of the oxygen has been sucked away by legends arceus Mm -hmm. and horizon and elden ring and there's a huge crunch of games coming out in march everybody's kind of picked their their game and they're playing it right now depending on their Mm -hmm. platform and unless you're a hardcore strategy fan it feels a little bit like triangle strategies destined to kind of fall between the cracks a bit, even though we've been standing for it pretty hard on Axel Blood God. I think you it's going to be we okay. All know, we're taste I makers. think it's going to be
2: okay because uh, mm. it has that has the pedigree behind it. It's a Switch sure. game, ultimately. and I know Arceus, as you said, is very big right now, but it's also been a while since Arceus came mm-hmm. out. It's a very, very different game from, uh, from Elden Ring. If I'm not playing my PS5, I'm playing my Switch. And I... Mm-hmm. I divide yeah, my time yeah. between the two of them because Switch is obviously very handheld, very portable. If someone else is using the TV, I, I go play my Switch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I
0: go play. I haven't played too much of the game yet. I only just bought it. so. But I, I am think playing. the kicker is when Octopath came out, it was summer. There wasn't a lot to actually mm-hmm. play at the time. And everybody was going, oh, check out this Octopath game. It's a lot like uh, Final Fantasy VI. It wasn't like Final Fantasy VI. But people were thinking in those terms, right? People didn't know what
1: Live Alive was yet. It's Return A
0: return to form for uh, the JRPG. JRPGs were fine, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And with this game, people aren't going to be talking about it as much because there's so much focus on all of these other games at the moment and also strategy games strategy rpgs have always been more niche even than your typical traditional retro rpg so it has to work twice as hard to kind of get noticed and so i think a lot of people probably don't even know that triangle strategy is happening right now so
1: i've been continually surprised by that though i have seen a lot of people who came away from octopath going like you know it wasn't the best thing but that was a pretty fun you know, good RPG, good on the Switch. Like that's the thing is like Nadia was saying, perfect, perfect Switch game. Like yeah. the sort of thing that you definitely think, Oh, I'm gonna cozy up by the fire and turn on the Switch for a nice fall evening of playing the Switch, and you're like, Yeah, no, that's that's what I want, is is that. But we are in the middle of Elden Ring. Every game for the next six months is gonna get eaten by Elden Ring. So I think Horizon Zero
0: so. already got eaten. By uh yeah, horizons yeah, so already. Because everybody's gone. like, What's horizon? Horizon what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I booted on my PS5 today and I was like, Horizons on here? When did I buy this? <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it appeared. Play me, Eric, play me. Except for me who's not playing Elden Ring right now. Uh if you are playing Elden Ring, I wouldn't recommend playing it on a Steam Deck. Because even though it is verified. On the Steam Deck, it apparently runs; uh, it stutters a lot, has some oh, technical really? problems. Yeah. yeah, that's too bad. Um, yes, the Steam Deck is out. Reviews are here. A lot of uh, a lot of people are talking about. First wave of release units went out. Eric and I are both in Q two right now, mm-hmm. so we do not have a Steam Deck. Apparently, Gabe Newell went around and handled yeah. a bunch of them and a little bit of a stunt. I like Gabe Newell; he's just a Very down salt of the earth nerd. He's great. I like the fact that he just came out and admitted he plays Final Fantasy
2: 14. He's got to be playing Cat Girl or something. He
1: plays Dota and 14 and knows about Limsa. So I'm like worried that like he's the alternate universe version of me or something. It's like starting to freak me out a little bit. Gabe, (laughs) send me a message if you're me from the future or something. And. Give me access to all the Steam games for free, Game's please. cool. Like, he just it,
0: was like, pandemic started. He just went to New Zealand. He's like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go. I, I respect for that.
1: Years. Yeah. He's like, you know what? If I got to stay somewhere for like two, three years, I'm going to go hang out in New Zealand with my knife collection. And I'm like, go <laughs> I get I have it. unlimited like, money. Yeah. I have
0: unlimited money. I'll just buy some. I'll just go live in New Zealand for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have I Steam money. I didn't Lee. even know he went to New Zealand. <laughs> Seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Like he, uh, he was just hiding out there
1: and mm-hmm. then uh, May as well. some
0: videos. People were like going, wait a minute! Is Gabe Newell doing talks uh, down in New Zealand
1: <laughs> to like sure a high was school? Nice. Wasn't it? Didn't he like yeah, do a talk he was doing at a high s- school? And that's where uh, Steam that's what he got alluded teased?
0: to the. That's when he first suggested the Steam Deck was happening.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I love yeah. that. That's great energy. More, more like that, please.
0: Uh, but here's what some people were saying huh. about the Steam Deck. Polygon says it builds on the Switch's pitch of playing everywhere. And anywhere, because now my game and save files aren't tied to a console. And PC Gamer says, Steam Deck isn't completely immune to that jack-of-all-trades problem. After two weeks with it, it's not a replacement for my desktop PC or as portable as a Nintendo Switch. And Eurogamer says, when it works, it's a marvel. But they also said that they have just been having to put in so many updates and everything. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll say about the Steam deck. Deck. It's pretty apparent to me that if you want a high-end gaming experience in the Steam Deck, you're going to have to put a lot of work in to actually get it working in that regard. I think it could be a hmm. great hobbyist platform, but I don't think it's, it's anything more than an not artisanal handheld Switch unit. killer, people were calling it. like, Oh, like, oh it's Nintendo never going to be a start... Switch killer. Come on. You had some people yeah. who were like, oh,
2: Nintendo should really pay attention because their hardware so outdated compared to the... The, the Steam Deck and
0: I always said, well, they're two very different things. I just can't. As we it all know, Nintendo has always struggled when facing against more powerful handheld platforms. Yeah, oh, yeah, they've always had a problem. Always had to bow to the superior power.
1: Vita yeah. does mean life.
0: We have this Poor conversation Vita. every ten years with I know Nintendo, <laughs> About right? <the>
1: Vita.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Valve has already pushed an update to address stick drift. By the way, so that's fun. oh, is it drifting? Uh-huh. It was,
1: it was a weird firmware side thing is what I ended yeah, up reading about yeah. it. It was not like a manufacturing issue. It was oh, like okay. something in the firmware was messing with it, which oh, was that's funny. Weird. Cause for a moment people were like, Oh God, Joy-Con drift. <laughs> and thank <laughs> God it wasn't Joy-Con drift again. Um, so
0: this is my question. Uh, Eric, I know that you've got one on pre-order. Nadia, did you pre-order one? I'm in the queue to pre-order one. I am mm-hmm. definitely far away from any sort of, uh,
2: getting to purchase any sort of uh steam deck but i'm kind of really on the fence about whether i'd get it because if i got a steam deck i'd want it to be something as accessible as the switch something Mm. that i could just that would play the games on the pc like play them in on a a format that would run well is portable and it's kind of sounding like that as you said it's more of an artisanal thing and you have to put a lot into it to get it going and that's not that's not for me, as I said many, many times. on a console trash. I get no pleasure whatsoever out of tinkering with PC stuff. So uh, I'll, I'll have to see when the time comes. <laughs> How about you, Eric? Uh,
1: I'm keeping it. I'm definitely getting it. And it's mostly because it fits squarely into a thing that I've wanted for a while, which is I've been thinking about building a like small PC that can sit next to my TV and run a bunch of emulation and things like that. And from what I've heard from people who have a Steam Deck already, oh, this bad boy can emulate. So this, I hear it can it can emulate. That's the so thing. Uh, it's an
0: emulation box. That's what it it's,
1: is. It's literally probably going to sit on a dock next to my TV and just, I mean, Chill. emulate the bejesus out of some games. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, on top of that, it's I, I am a little bummed, you know, when I heard the battery life stuff way back when I was like, OK, you know, temper expectations for this ever being the sort of switch that you would actually want to carry around. I've heard battery life has ranged anywhere from like six hours to two, depending on what game you're running. Uh, And and, and granted there are, you can change the settings to obviously draw less power and, and consume less battery. But to me, I just look at that and I'm like, cool. A, PC you know I live a life where I like to be up to date on games I like to play a lot of indie games that are not necessarily as demanding you know the wilderness and things like that Uh, so I don't have to worry about the Elden Ring problem Uh, and I could take it with me I could throw it in a bag and you know when we're out at PAX East or whatever I could have it sitting in my hotel room next to the TV when I get back after a long day I just want to pop on like some Pokemon pinball or something like that so uh, that's that's what I want. And that's worth it to me. I want to tinker with that thing. I want to see what people do with that thing and and mess with it myself. Same reason I'm getting the play date, which is I just like weird, Playdate. funky electronics. Oh, the play date. I'm so excited. for the I Playdate. got a
0: crank. It's got what a crank. Is with that crank.
1: It's you know how many like cool, weird indie developers fishing are working games. on stuff for that. It's going to be great. It's going to okay, be wonderful. I can accept
0: fishing games. I love yeah. fishing games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the play date's cool and everything, but boy, I'm it not getting cute. one of those. I, it looks cute. It's a box. I am also, I'm in the second wave of uh, pre-orders for the Steam Deck, and I've been very on the fence about actually getting one, because when I th- like sit back and think about it, I'm like, what, a- what exactly would I get on this thing that I couldn't get yeah, yeah. virtually anywhere else? I, I would never take it out of my house. It would stay in my house forever. Hmm. Probably attached to a television and if i did make use of the portability which i would i would it would involve me taking it off the stand and like hanging out watching tv or something while i play right i'm really interested in the emulation capabilities and i do think that in a year you're just going to have some killer um, fan homebrew patches out that do a lot for the thing so you just want (laughs) just going to have to watch a It'll be a matter of get a Steam Deck, watch the YouTube video that tells you how to install all of the firmware you actually want. Right. And then you're off. And you have a you have a pretty good thing. I I don't know if it's ever going to be something where I'm like expecting to have a really good experience playing high-end games on right. the thing. But I do know that I could play Super Robot Wars 30 on it. That's um, what you
3: need. Yeah. Yeah. So my
0: Steam Deck, I, I might play Stellaris. One thing that you should keep an eye on is these games aren't being um, uh, optimized for the Steam Deck. And if you think that text issue is bad on the Switch, oh, oh boy, no. get ready for the Steam Deck. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. That's something I reconsidered, but you're right. It's, I mean, it's just a pure hobbyist thing. It's just a pure hobbyist device. And I'm a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I have 600 bucks to burn. I'll probably buy one.
1: <laughs> you see that Oculus Quest sitting back there on a the table right now? Yes, I bought that just to do dumb things with it, and it's been great just to do dumb I'm things. Buying a,
0: with. I'm buying a Quest too, and mm-hmm. so I can play Beat Saber on it. I'm sorry oh, about throwing up. Get, it.
1: get Pistol Whip too. Pistol Whip is really, really good, and hits that same thing as Beat Saber.
0: Well, Eric, life can be hard sometimes. Um, maybe you didn't get a Steam Deck. Maybe. You uh, are pistol-whipping people in the Oculus Quest. Stop uh, pistol-whipping people. You have something for us, so I'm curious what it is.
1: I do. Are we making this an AV segment? Should we just make this an AV segment? Is that what we're doing? uh,
0: It's up to you. Uh, We want to entertain our our listeners here. The people who can't actually be in here
1: our live watchers in here. Let me see if I can get this hooked up correctly. Oh um, no, it was a
0: space jam DVD again.
3: Oh
2: yeah. Oh uh,
1: better. So it's been a hard week, you know, it's been a whole lot, you know, there's been a lot of stuff happening, not just in Ukraine, but there's also been, uh, stuff going on down here in Texas, uh, regarding Greg Abbott and issuing a very, uh, anti-trans youth bill, not bill order down here. Um, So, uh, in light of that, I have been fundraising all week to help out with that. And if you'd like to help out, y'all should look into local charities. that You can donate, uh, to down here. There's equality, Texas, which is who we are raising for. There's also tent, which is the transgender education network of Texas. Both are excellent places to support, help out with efforts that are already underway to get rid of this hateful, hateful shit. Uh, in the meantime, when life gets you down, there's always a Pokemon animation to make it a little bit better. So earlier this week, while I was scrolling TikTok, I found this animation, and so I saved it and pulled it up. It is two minutes, but it's two minutes well spent, in my opinion. So let me make sure. Oh, it's on mute. Not bad.
2: Oh, Piplup. He's
1: staring at my soul. Oh, is it not playing for you? No, it's playing. Oh, no, it is. OK, good.
0: <laughs> this is very much a, a visual thing right here.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's like really cute like this, and they kind of like chill. Oh, my God, the bass is so loud. I'm trying to get down, don't worry. Um, but this this was the part I saw where I was like, oh, this just warmed my heart right here.
2: Oh, oh look at <laughs> him do the little dance.
1: Look him shake his little butt. That's lovely. <laughs>
2: It reminds me of the remember the slowpoke uh, song that came out a couple of years ago. That was really in my, mm-hmm. Oh, it was in my head. Like it was like a kind of a reggae thing. It was very cute. Piplop oh,
1: stands ready? by you. He's like, yeah, I'm Piplup. <laughs> it's, Piplup
0: it's very good. Uh
1: huh. Piplup says it's all gonna be okay. All right, just believe in each other and learn how to do beautiful little dances. So that's that's my takeaway for this week. Uh, Piplop dances. My screen? We'll definitely
0: link this in the, uh, the show notes. Thank you, Eric. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, really appreciate the, you know, standing up for trans rights and everything because Mm
3: -hmm. uh,
0: God knows trans people don't have, uh, don't have a lot of people in their corner. So Mm
3: -hmm.
1: yeah, that's
0: why they need a get Yeah.
1: I've been saying it all week, but like there's, there's already rule. There's already stuff in motion to try and deal with this. A lot of, um, different organizations have come out saying stuff. The white house has even issued a statement being like, this is straight up hateful and you're trying to score political points. But I think that just stresses the point even more that we need to get beyond a place where that's the two places we live in, where this is either politicized wrongly Mm -hmm. for cheap Mm -hmm. political points or just going back to the square. We need to get to a place where it's better and we're, we're making improvements. So I forward progress.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there about trans kids uh, mm-hmm. who are ultimately mm-hmm. just trying to live their lives and mm-hmm. be able to uh, not be completely miserable. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what Texas yeah. has been doing is pretty bad. But mm-hmm. uh, on a happier note, we have a segment: the top 25 RPG remake 2022. Integrate it continues. We have a lot of great games already nominated. We've been adding four games each. Week going back to January, and we're going to be doing four more games this week. We've we've added Final Fantasy 7 we added Xenogears, Mass Effect Two went in there, Yakuza, like a Dragon, and eventually we're going to ho- host a um, a uh, discussion where we remake the top twenty five RPG uh, of all time list, and we will decide which games get to stay, which games get to go, and we're going to remake it, but. Let's pick our four games. <laughs> we'll start with you, Eric.
1: I, I like that for the folks at home, when we first put in our nominations for this, the first person to put theirs in was Nadia, who led with F it and then her nomination. And now every <laughs> single one of us has led with F it, our nomination. <laughs>
2: I didn't even see that. I got to so look at the notes now. This,
1: this week... <laughs> F it, y'all. We got to do this because we're going to do it one way or another. Final Fantasy 14, it's oh, going yeah. in the pool. If it's, you it's hadn't voted it, I would have. I would have. I, I couldn't believe it. it. I was waiting for you. I was <laughs> oh, waiting for God. you. Like real talk. So let, let me make the case as if we haven't done this a million times already on this podcast. Uh Final Fantasy 14 is just an absolutely exceptional uh, RPG. And I am going to make the case that it is a good RPG in and of its own right. It is fully playable single player if you wish it. The social stuff is mostly just there to serve as the MMO parts that you could engage with if you would like. And yes, it is a little bit more multiplayer oriented in that way. But speaking as someone who has never gotten in, in, into an MMO RPG, despite loving both RPGs and social multiplayer games, like I should be someone already left Discord in anger. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> this God, should be. The home run, right? You're back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's, this should be the obvious uh get. And and they haven't managed to get me with MMORPGs until Final Fantasy 14. I think it's a mix of excellent storytelling. It's a mix of streamlining a lot of things that were taken again for granted. Quality of life things that have made this MMORPG feel a lot better than other MMORPGs, especially for people who have not played an MMO and aren't already like, well, you just gotta do it because it's an MMO, like. 14 streamlines so much of that stuff. And I think it builds an incredible world. It builds an incredible place to be that is as much a part of the story as the actual story itself. I think the character writing is incredibly good for an MMO. I mean, you look at World of Warcraft and boy, do they have trouble writing characters sometimes. So I've but, heard. But 14 has incredible characters like very memorable characters you have the scions you have the warrior of darkness you have all the villains that pop up throughout i mean we have a villain from 14 on our march madness bracket and i have not gotten to the point yet where this villain has been introduced but when i was talking to people saying what should i put forward as a villain like one of the best modern villains (laughs) emmett selk everybody was immediately there like emmett selk you can't have this bracket without without emmett selk uh I think it's just an incredible RPG an incredible achievement and certainly among modern Final Fantasies the standout and I would say even where I'm at right now earns the right to be discussed alongside the greatest that Final Fantasy has to offer so
2: and uh, I have to add quickly you were talking about how it's kind of uh, good for a single player experience they're working very hard to make it a more single-player friendly game like they are mm-hmm. they mentioned recently that you're going to be able to take NPCs into the dungeons, the Realm Reborn dungeons, oh, so you don't that. have to wait yeah. around for the your cues to pop or anything like that, which could be a real pain in the ass.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and and the characters when they come into the dungeons with you, like say things and stuff like that. They They're, say like, things, top...
2: yeah. There's there's actually dungeons where you're supposed mm-hmm. to take trust characters in with you, and you get mm-hmm.
1: story that way. It's really cool. It's it's neat. I like it that it does that stuff. But then there's also the raids. We've been raiding. Uh, oh, we've been Alexander. raiding Alexander.
2: That's and, been fun.
1: Oh my God! Like i uh, granted i have engaged with raid content in the past but never completed a raid in any other game the alexander raids have been phenomenal and just very well designed combat what did you think of
2: uh brute justice and the the song the sentai song that goes with it
1: (laughs) the uh the transformer the 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 voltron transformer that we had to fight transformer
2: slash gundam slash it it references every robot you can think of which makes it so much
1: fun I'm still partial to the Wonka tunnel fight just because it was <laughs> so much gonna- chaos and so much stuff happening all the time yeah. while you had a uh, what's his name in the back on the megaphone just yelling like
2: da, dah, 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 dah. <laughs> Koji, Koji Fox just like yelling da, dah, dah, like
1: yeah he's just screaming into a megaphone as metal music plays and people are getting flung off into tunnels and they're like signs popping up that were like polarity polarity okay it's like it's Very good.
2: It's a, it's fun race. We're so yeah, we're going through Alexander now. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's heaven's word. You know, there's so much more content ahead of it that I think it's built up an incredible body of content as an RPG too, which granted that might put it on unfair standing against other games that are one and done affairs that, you know, to count the live service aspect of final fantasy 14 might be a little bit unfair against them, but it also then has to justify itself as as an RPG rather than as an MMORPG. So I think that personally. Final Fantasy that,
0: 14 so. is like multiple Final Fantasies in one. Mm-hmm. It's just like every expansion is a new game. Mm-hmm. But, Pretty um, much, I'll, yeah. But also, if I if I have one gripe about Final Fantasy 14, it's that it plays the hits a bit too much. Uh, I've been watching Boga Boba Fett. A show that's just pure nostalgia. It's just a nostalgia mm. trip. I mean, it's
2: not pure nostalgia though. They take things and they make it their own. That's what makes it sure. fun. They take like uh, Doma and Final Fantasy VI and make it something mm. completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. Roaring Triad is there, but it's in its own context, and that's what makes it fun. It's not like, oh, hey, everyone, here's uh, you know, here's Doma Castle. You remember that? You remember, you remember Doma, Doma Castle? Castle? It's go really visit. not like yeah. that. It's really not it's... like that.
1: It is the smartest of the Final Fantasies, which every you know long-running fantasy RPG series does this where they reuse certain things throughout their lifetime. And usually it's just kind of a like Jack Frost. It's like a nod, you know, they're like, Hey, yeah, you know, we know you've been playing these games for a while. Here's Jack Frost. He's here. What's he gonna he say? Ho, he, he ho, he yeah, ho. we love Jack Frost. Kill Whereas, all humans. Um, when when things show up, like when Shiva, again, Shiva, just oh, chef's kiss, like incredible, incredible uh the way they recontextualize that character in the world of fourteen, right. What they end up doing with that character, yet still holding true to some of the things that you remember as like um as is key parts of her character, including diamond dust. Like it's it's very clever the way they do all of that. And I, I think the way that they use the I don't know the liturgy of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy in order to create something new out of it is is really something else
0: okay nadia please talk about something other than final fantasy 14 now
2: i'm not capable but i'll try <laughs> uh i chose wild arms and that was my effort yeah. uh, wild arms because i played well i can't remember if i played wild arms before or after final fantasy 7 man did it get trampled by final fantasy 7 either way mm-hmm. and it has always been a very, very soft spot for me. I think, first of all, it has the most underrated soundtrack of any RPG ever. It's just, oh, it's, I, I actually like parts of the soundtrack more than like seven soundtrack. But anyway, I know it's not a like, very exciting looking because it's got that combination of pretty average sprite work versus a pretty terrible polygon battlefield. And the, the you do have summoned monsters of a kind, but they look so terrible compared to like what Final Fantasy VII did a couple of months later. But there's a very, I don't know how to just, Eric, you you seem to be a Wild Arms fan, aren't you?
1: Uh, I, I got into it with three. I, I did try one for a little bit, and I think it was that case of I was not around when it first came out. So right. it was not right. like oh, warm and nostalgic. I was like, oh. oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying there's it's any old. hope in hell that this game getting on the like any sort of recognition whatsoever. Right? It's worth talking about. It is certainly worth talking about. I like yeah. Phil Gaia, which is the name of the world you are in. I always kind of liked settings that are dying and you have to find a way to reverse all that. And you have to find out why it's happening. And you mm-hmm. have this whole mm-hmm. thing going on with the metal demons and the humans. And you have the main character, Rudy, who punches a kid. And I think that was fantastic mm-hmm. because there's this this woman who's getting harassed because she has ears. She's an ELU. And the kids are like, ha you're ugly. Ha-ha, you're stupid. And, and Rudy, the hero, comes over and punches the kid.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
2: I'm like, hey, I like you. <laughs> Rudy, you're awesome. Uh, also nominating for best overworld theme of an RPG mm-hmm. ever, which basically mm-hmm. Ecstasy of Gold kind of recontextualized. I actually wrote about it for US Gamer if you want to mm-hmm. dig up mm-hmm. my piece on that. But yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, I think just on setting alone, it's it's a Wild West RPG and exactly. it's, it's a darn good one at that. And I love the way that Wild Arms weaves RPG into that sort of, like you're saying, ecstasy of gold that uh, for a fistful of dollars sort of setting. Uh, and, you know, I, I put Virginia Maxwell on, on the heroes <laughs> bracket because nice. I do believe that Wild Arms is a... Underrated series that that deserves a little bit more yes. love and respect these days.
0: It managed yeah. to break through the noise and garner kind of a passionate fan base over the years. Yeah, for and sure. Even after Final Fantasy 7 came out, I, I think it was it was that opening cutscene. That was a great was. opening cutscene. So imagine good. being a, a a schmuck who wasted all their money on the N64
2: and seeing that cutscene afterwards. Like, oh man, that you N64 schmucks. I. I, I didn't regret it after I
0: got Zelda. Mm. Someone got mad and left because I said Destiny is 64 Well, my pick is... Uh, I guess I gotta be the Dragon Age, Dan. My pick is Dragon Age Origins. It is the game that came from Bioware in 2010. Inaugurated the Dragon Age series, which, uh, for better or worse, is still very popular with fans. And at the time, it was kind of Bioware's attempt to bring capture, recapture the magic of Baldur's Gate. This was Bioware at the peak of their powers. It was a very cool, big budget, uh, isometric RPG. It was the most playable on PC. Had all of those spells to play. Some memorable characters. You had a dog, had campfire scenes, Mm -hmm. and Mm When I look back on Dragon Age Origins, uh, I look back on it with fondness, even if it was just a Song of Ice and Fire combined oh, with... 100 Everything's a Song of yeah. Ice and Fire the, uh, I in mean, that age. But at the time, that was novel. It was a Song of Ice and Fire with, some, with a kind of a Lord of the Rings aesthetic. And then yeah. it would spend the next three games trying to find it, its own look and its own feel and everything. But it eventually got there. But yeah, took a while.
1: You're going to make me do it, aren't you, Cat? You're gonna oh no! You're force gonna force my, my hand. No, are you you're going make to me add Dragon, Dragon Age, 2? Age two? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, Dragon Age two. You're gonna make me put forward the the dark the dark horse of Dragon Age games by nominating all the other ones. Do it, you coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, we got more weeks. We got more weeks. We sure do.
0: Lots more RPGs to nominate. And here's what the community nominated. This one, uh, this is an oldie. It's a golden oldie. It caught my eye when waiting for the right time to deploy it. And, you know, you did Mass Effect 2 last week. Mm -hmm. Well, we should do the game that inspired Mass Effect 2. That's Starflight. This is what the Manch Dynasty said. What if I told you there was a game in which you led a multiracial galactic federation opposed to a race of ancient alien super beings that sought to annihilate the galaxy of all life what if i told you there was a game in which you played a band of newbie space explorers who know barely anything in the universe around them and that your job is to figure out why your son keeps going supernova what if i told you there was a game in which you struggled against all odds to scrape up money to build up a best starship and crew money can buy in the hopes of surviving random encounters against both hostile and friendly alien races and that you can prevail with through either diplomacy stealth or skillful combat well, would you, you would be right and wrong. Starflight is all of those games. FTL, Mass Effect, and The Outer Wilds, and much, much more. It was released by Electronic Arts in 1986 by a dev team of just five people for the PC, and eventually went on to sell over a million copies. It was given a sequel and an enhanced port on the Genesis in 91. It was an enormous influence on RPGs and open-world gaming generally direct inspiration from one of the greatest games of the past decade even though it holds up very well and honestly like hearing everything about that just really makes me want to play Starflight. so this is my yeah, excuse it does. Yeah. to go and check it out <laughs> nobody has anything to add i mean yeah it's, i've it's, never it's, i've never played it. it sounds great it's a
1: blind spot for me i mean i don't know much about it but that's That's a compelling pitch if I've heard one. This is the Mm. week of me going, oh, you know, I've got a lot of Elden Ring and Triangle strategy to play, and then we're like, well, what if you played Arcanum? But what What if you played Starflight? What if you played this other game that I'm not naming because I might name it for the nominations, but I kind of want to go back and see if it holds up. But what if you had to play
0: Betrayal at Krondor, which I'm definitely going to add it on this list at some point.
1: I I got to draw the line somewhere. I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll let's start. (laughs) All
0: right thanks to Eric and Nadia for giving us four more games to add to the list. And now, Nadia, take us home.
2: Uh, Today's nostalgia nook slash pit is probably more of a nook. I was thinking about the time I was... See, children, children, You can be really bad at video games and someday be okay at them. Like me, like me, like I'm average, better than average. But at one point I was such a dunce that I had no idea the Nintendo that you put the cartridge in and push it down. You don't want to talk about cat, right? Of course, the old Mm -hmm. NES, you had to put the cartridge in and push it down. And I didn't know about that. And I, here's an interesting little tidbit. My mother used to work for a woman and she made dollhouse miniatures and uh, out of this woman's house. And that was really cool. So sometimes I would accompany her to work because this was a nice ass house and there's a lot of stuff to do, including playing with the woman's daughter's Nintendo when she wasn't home. So I went upstairs to her room and I'm like, oh my God, Nintendo. And I'm plugging in the game and I'm like, why won't it work? Why won't it work? So of course I had no idea of pushing down the stupid cartridge and that didn't really help my my mood because I was actually with my mother because she felt bad for me because that day I had been like teased by some kids and so she just took me with her to work because she knew that I liked being there but I I I just could not figure out the Nintendo I didn't have one of my own of course so of course I, I was just an idiot but I did eventually figure it out when I visited during subsequent times and I actually played a lot of Nintendo in that house it was probably my main source like oh no mom I'm too sick to go to work today go to school today can I like come with you to work and sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. But when it worked, I'd go to the house and I'd play a lot of like Mario 3, play Super Mario Brothers. And this is one of those those girls who she was kind of a friend of mine. Not exactly, but sort of, sort of. And she had her own TV and she had her own Nintendo and she had it all in her room. And I'm like, she's so miserable all the time. How could she be so miserable when she has a Nintendo and her own TV and everything? Oh, indeed. I was a naive child.
1: How can you be I- sad when you have your own TV and your own Nintendo? I, that's what
0: I wanted to know absolutely no i mean that's the it's just the peak right so
2: yeah so that is my report for today i was once so bad at video games that i did not have to work in nintendo actually when someone did hand me a nintendo controller for the first time and let me play mario 3 i ran to the goomba three times and died mm-hmm. and that was my uh-huh. experience and, and all now like,
1: she's all a like,
0: professional games journalist is, <laughs> now i like start somewhere <laughs> now they pay me the big bucks <laughs> I think that's a nook. We went to the nook today. Yeah, we, we went to the guys. nook. We had a nice story. Yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. I thought but, you were uh, going to
1: say that the woman worked on dollhouse miniatures. And we're really, like, we went to her house. It was really nice. Bit small, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, a
0: very wholesome story. Thanks, Nadia. And that's it for this week's episode of Acts of the Blood God. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, as always. And thank you so much to our stars of destiny for joining us on this one abby of the moon beware the slimes drew rwx Cal l not hollow ruka sarden several others but they failed uh well it is middle. late it is getting. sorry
1: i late. ran them off with 14 this is my bad
0: but thank you so much uh for your ongoing support we genuinely appreciate it and we do these live shows every single week um uh, Lots of, uh, I guess we're all going to be playing Elden Ring for the next week, so you can look forward to more discussion around that and everything. Um, if you enjoy the show, of course, please go ahead and uh, go and leave a review on the podcast of your choice. You can subscribe over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash for tons of bonus content, including our recent Pantheon of the Blood God Exploration. Of final fantasy tactics and hey if you're on our pay- patreon make sure to go and vote on our march madness bracket we are we'll be heading into the sweet 16 by the time this episode goes up and there are a lot of really juicy matchups heading through the end of march but we're heading over to the post show now but for the rest of you nadia eric myself thanks for listening happy adventure Here we go. Ah! <laughs> I forgot we have the soundboard back. It's been a while. I messed it up. Why? Why did it? Why did it uh, start? Uh, right there. I don't Cats
1: know. back, and there's already a blooper. <laughs> Love it. There's already a problem.
0: <laughs>